No Ideas Original Podcast, episode 116. Let's get Robin. Troy, what's good? Hey, Nels, what's up? Yo. Yo, what up, killer? What's good? I'm here, bro. I'm here, man. I'm surviving, B. Did you enjoy that beautiful weather today? Yeah, man. Me and the dogs, man. We was outside all day pretty much, man. It was it was a break in the monotony of, you know, this sort of cold winter, man. And we experienced a bit of a storm up here. A tree came down, bro. I was sitting in here. All I heard was... On, Ooh! On well, right outside the back, there's a large brush area, a bunch of trees, and you can see other trees that have come down. But this one in particular, if I look out my window, you can see the roots and the and the and the, the foundation of the tree uprooted. Like it's crazy, man. Damn, sheesh. Yeah, this 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 winter has been harsh up here, man. Between the snow and the ice, and Nell says huh? she can't hear. She says she can't hear. You can hear me, right? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah, well, you responded to me. You can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. It must be. Maybe it's something on your, on your end now. Yeah, well, you know we're supposed to get some crazy weather tomorrow, too, though. Some rain, though. As long as it ain't snow, bro. I, I'm done. I quit. I'm done. Take it out of here. Oh, man. Nah, I, I How think you been, I'm, yo? What's up with you? I'm good, man. I've been chilling. You know how you call it. Today was, today was the, the weather was great. Like, no, I was reluctant at first. I'm like, oh, man, yo, this is, this is T-shirt weather. I'm like, nah, I'm like <laughs> don't I'm do like, it yet, bro. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be laid up, man. When I was driving though through the streets, I seen like in the Bronx, I seen people in shorts. Listen, man. Not for nothing. That thing is still out there. You know, I know some people have, have posted that work in hospitals that the numbers are very low. You know, but you don't want to chance it, man. I'm still wearing my mask, B. So. Yeah. I don't know what else do at this point. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, yo, we got a good episode tonight. Zane's not able to join us. But Shout out to Zane. Got... Peace. What's up, Ayatollah? We got some dope topics, though. Tola. What's up, Tola? That we're going to get to. Yo, we're going to talk about um, Mace. Mace just released his his, uh, his new skating <laughs> diss track. Ain't wow. that shitty. So, we're we going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Jesse Smollett, at, a.k.a. Juicy Smollett, as, uh, as Dave Chappelle calls him. To um, see. Kanye West, is he unhinged or is he being gaslit? Steve Harvey on um Earn Your Leisure it was a dope, dope interview. And then Wells Fargo, the whole Wells Fargo situation where Wells Fargo rejected half of his applicants for refinances. So let's get right to it. Let's talk about Mace's um diss record towards P. Diddy. Did you what did you first what did you think of the record? Did you think it was a good record? Honestly, at first I didn't like the beat. Beat threw me off. I'm like, wow, he sound all cracky, but murder, but murder mace came with the heavy bars, son. He lit Puffy ass on fire, and people are confirming because a lot of them stories is true, man. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, yo, you ain't no architect, you just a nigga who mock his death. Like, he was hitting him bar after bar after bar. Now, you know, Puffy, 
honestly, Puffy has been low. He getting that Ciroc money, so he ain't in the public's eye. But one thing May said in them lyrics is like, yo, son, you living in a town where your man died and it's still an unsolved murder. Mm. How you resting easy out there in L.A. doing what you're doing? I mean, there's a lot of speculation about Puffy's business practices, who he's done with. But one thing's for sure that you can tell that anybody that deals with homeboy don't come out on top. He comes out on top. <laughs> the record shows. Now, people may get their money. I think Mace might have been the only one who may have capitalized most on being a bad boy. But you go through the track record. The whole He had a roster. That boy was a roster, B. Yeah. You know, and, and it and it and it didn't turn out well, man, as the years went on, man. So, you it's, know, I thought I thought the song was dope, to be honest with you. I just didn't like the beat. I wish it was on a I was like, damn, Ron Browse need to get an eat the beat for him right now. They haul him. Get an eat the beat on there, son. But, you know, the beat was whack, but the <laughs> lyrics the lyrics yeah, it was, in my opinion. That's my opinion. But the it's lyrics, the lyrics hard. is top choice, man. It's just hard for me though to to, to listen to Mace auto tuning, man. Like that's that's a struggle. Yeah, that's another thing too. Yeah, that that threw me off too. But I'm, I was more intrigued on what he had to say, and was he coming bar heavy? Was he was he joking? This he was dead serious. He was past the Mace. He was up there doing everything this time. So yeah, the auto tuning. I mean, it was the the lyrics was they were good lyrics, but the auto tuning was he was heavy. With the auto tune, as far as like the stuff that he said, I'm like, I don't really feel like he said anything that I haven't no? say about Puff before. Okay, like, you know, it's, it, people always got like scathing remarks and stuff to say to say when it comes to Puff's business practices. But you know what I thought about today in reference to this? I was like, yo, damn, and it's gonna sound bizarre. You know how difficult sure. it must be to be Puffy? Oh hell yeah. Oh, somebody was taking a shot at you, and that's why his attitude, honestly, is the way it is. He can give a flying rat's behind about who has anything to say, and he shows you it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, what's not I'm brother love? All I want is the love, and that's probably because he gets so much hate. He's trying to reverse it. You know what I mean? You got to consciously tell him, yeah, I'm all about love. I can't feed into this hate business, son. I can't. I got yo, kids to raise. That resp the responsibility, though, I'm like, damn, like, yo, anybody who career that he was involved with that didn't flourish or get up off the ground or anybody that's financially in a bad position, yo, even if they don't say it, the public just side-eye and look at him and be like, yo, Puff robbed these dudes or Puff raped them for their Puff public. Puff robbed these dudes. Puff is surrounded by... I hate to say it, but he got a lot of deaths on his on his time card, man. A lot of people are losing their lives, losing their careers, all sorts of things under this man's umbrella. You know what I mean? Is it the fact that he's he's representing Harlem and now Mount Vernon? What you doing, Puff? What's going on, my son? Yo, I, I Mace was pissed off though. Mace was totally pissed off. Did you hear? Did you hear like the um, Mace follow up interviews after that? Like Mace was saying, I think he said that everybody else was able to get their publishing back. But he wasn't able to get his publishing back. But his publishing, I would imagine, got to be worth a lot of money because he sold a lot. I don't know. He sold many. Hey, I think he he was the the number one draft pick for the bad for bad boy. And right. then of course came then came big, of course. Well, yeah, which right he also big, which he also said in in his verse, "I'm haunted by the voice of St. James." So you knew what that was. That was a he's haunted by the voice of Biggie. Because yeah. Biggie probably in his dreams. Get that nigga Puff. Puff is doing some fucking foul shit. 
Get at him, son. Uh, I just, I mean, you know what? The, the other part of this that I always bug out about is like, it just doesn't it always seem like these are discussions that always happen on the back end. But here's the difference, though, than I, that, that I think with Mace versus other people. Like, I don't get the sense that Mace is financially hurting. And I think a lot of times these conversations kick up when people get in a financial bind. So you see the other dude, um, Fred, from um, making a band that he's on Diddy's Neck too. But he's on he's on Diddy's Neck, and this is what I mean about how difficult it must be to be Puff. He's on Diddy's Neck, and no time did he ever mention MTV. He just mentioned Diddy. And I'm sure that Diddy, his involvement in that show was, I'm sure he had probably an executive producer. I'm sure he probably had some, some type yeah, of no. mentoring. You know, we, well, we seen the show, he was mentoring them and things like that. But at the same time, if you probably go back and you look at that album, I'm sure MTV has something to do. It's probably like tension between MTV and Bad Boy to sign them. But nobody is really concerned about how MTV wasn't cahoots and whatever this contract was versus, you know, right. the P. Diddy. He's the man, you know, so he the one that got to be responsible for it. Frankly, and this is no, you know, this is no disrespect to Freddie P or whatever, but what, what does Puffy owe anybody for making a band? What? <laughs> <laughs> what does he owe them? Like, yo, it's not like they sold no whole bunch of records. And honestly, he's he gave they're, a, they're famous because he gave them a look. And he biggest, gave them a shot. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Janelle? And their biggest, their biggest thing is what they famous for. These the dudes who walk to Brooklyn for cheesecake. <laughs> the cheesecake, son. That's that's their tagline for the rest of their life. Well, you the cheesecake niggas. <laughs> you, you, you the dudes that went across Brooklyn Bridge, huh? <laughs> Yo, so Listen, I, I, mean, yo, I wouldn't want to be him. I get where Mace is coming from. And I think that Mace is using the public and the public eye to kind of turn turn an eye or, or yeah. attention around this. But the thing is, like, is this anything new, though, that the public wasn't aware of in terms of Puffy's business practices? It's nothing new. It's nothing new at all. Puff has been, Puff was always going to, has always been a person to cover his behind first. And wherever the chips fall, for his entourage is where they fall. And you've heard stories, even big before he passed, said things like, you know, I, I got to get off this bad boy and start my junior mafia because the money ain't right. It always breaks down to how money is being split. And when you give up your publishing as an artist, to my knowledge, you pretty much give up your damn life. Yeah. You're getting none of that back. You know what I'm saying? Nell Nels said MTV ain't getting no bread off the show. They also didn't pay them when they performed. So MTV didn't make any money off the, um, off the band? whatsoever because i couldn't see why mtv that's just poor business on mtv's part to even partner with puffy to attempt to make i'm sure they made money off of advertising because the show was right and and right whoever at mtv gotta be smart enough to say you know i know puffy that's just poor business because i will be like i know puffy's a hit maker and whoever he put his name on at this point they're gonna sell a couple of couple of albums the fact of the matter is like you have them on a show like that you don't even need no huge marketing campaign because they was on national TV every week making a every week. It was a whole show for them every Lou week. Lou Pearlman was behind that. Yeah, so I mean, Puffy's business. Hey, look at Nels coming with the facts, huh? I see yeah. you now. Puffy's business practices have always been questionable. Shady. Always had had issues. Pearlman made all the bread. You think it was a lot of bread that he made off of them? Did they sell? I would Nels, if you are, we got you on research. How many records did the band sell? <laughs> One, two, three. Ah, forget about it. 
Now, if I had if I had to guess before you give the number, Nels, if I had to guess, I'm gonna go between three hundred under fifty thousand. 300,000? 300,000 or 500,000 because they was on national TV. They were on national TV every week. And it was more than one season, wasn't it? Because the first season was them developing them. The second season, they was wrestling and fighting, you know, whatever. Yeah. So now, well, you know, 500,000, that's, that's a goal. That's a goal record. Yeah. That's a goal record. So but, I don't know if they made that, though. Um, Nels, if you Google the, um, the band, and I think the album was called Too Hot for TV, or something like that. If you could see, Google and see how many albums they sold. I bet you they probably sold anywhere from like three hundred to five hundred thousand copies with that. But again, I, 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 I bet it. I bet it's lower than that. If again, I go back to what is it that Puffy owed? I can see Mace is justifiable, but what does Puffy owe Freddie P or anybody from the band? Nothing. Nothing. But you know, them guys was young. They were young. They were very impressionate. You know. Puffy is, is is an icon, so to speak. And when you're working with someone who, from a notoriety's perspective, is all over the world, he works with the best people, he got all these different connections, you know, you fall for anything. And they did. They walked to Brooklyn for Junior for Cheesecake. But along with that, you know, anybody will tell you, you know, Yo, I need you to do this or you need to do, you know, it's it's a, it's a how, did, how did Harvey say? He said, man, the music, Music and entertainment are just two heads on the same body, pretty much. Two wings of the same bird. They, mm -hmm. It's just scam after scam after scam, man. You got to watch who you trust. You got to watch the words out of people's mouths because they'll sell you They'll sell you the moon in a jar and tell you, yo, listen, man, you can you become the best thing on this world. Just give me your time and give me your rights and give me your publishing and give me your life. Yo, you see. And then, you and you'd see. be angry like he is right now. You see the sales? You see what the missus, your, your missus said the sales was? The album went gold. Look at that. She you probably listened to it. You figured a year, the, the, that was what, early 2000s probably? Yes, yeah. sir. Somewhere early, around there. Early, Puffy, well, he wasn't scorching hot, but Puffy was still hot. Puffy, Puffy could have fought it and got a gold record probably at that point. With that kind of promotion, I knew it. I could, now, here's the other part. Do you, I, do you know a song? I don't know one song from that album. Trust me, Nels do. She know a song. She know a song of Golf Brooks right now, bro. Yeah, I mean, but yo, come on, we Golf Brooks versus the band. <laughs> <laughs> that's not two thousand three. That's not a fair comparison, Golf. Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yo, we know, so we... You, know what, you know what this did do, also though, as a result of this, which always happens. You know, like if you run in your mouth, you got to make sure that you, you the, the skeletons in your closet is clean, so you know people. It's clean that. too. They looked at Mace business practices. A lot of people don't know that Mace had Fabio Foreign signed. So, oh, wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so they brought that up. And supposedly people were saying that Mace had Fabio's publishing, which before Mace did have Fabio's publishing. Uh, Mace did a whole breakdown on the deal. And if what he says is correct, then Mace is a good dude because he said that he signed them. He signed him and he signed two other dudes and he gave them $20,000. <laughs> gave. The just say wrong. That's not a good comparison. Yeah. I'm saying we know we read from the urban area. We're not listening. He, to know, Brooks is. he gave, you know, gave twenty thousand to Fabio Farman and his group, but they never got the money because the manager stole the money. So I think that they was mad that Mace didn't in turn turn around and give them another twenty grand. But anyway, let's neither here nor that. Mace had him on papers. Mace walked him in, got him a deal, and then Mace said that as a result of him getting the deal. 
he told him like, yo, I'm only going to keep my name on the paperwork as leverage to get you the deal. And that Fabio had an offer on the table that increased five times over when they found out that he was affiliated with Mace. So, of course, Mace said he made some kind of money, like a finder's fee or whatever. But then he said he never had Fabio on no 360 deal. He never, um, he gave, he said he had part of Fabio publishing, but he gave mm -hmm. him back publishing 100%. And I think that that's his beef with Puffy, that if he sees how easy it is for somebody to be like, yo, here's your publishing, you can have it back. Why, Where's mine? Why Puffy won't do that to him? But now we had this conversation before many a times. I remember I was saying to you like I don't I don't know what Mace catalog is worth. I don't know what it's worth. And I and and I think the other part that people always fall back on is like, yo, where was your attorney? Why did you sign this paperwork? It's you know it's a, it's 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 a trap. I think people will get to the point you know in life where they like, yo, you know um, this is this is the deal. This is the nature of what it is. I'm a yeah spread. And then later on when they find out how much money. As being made in perpetuity, I think they get upset about it. Yeah, man, you 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 got to do your own homework, man. You gotta you gotta be self sufficient. You can't trust everybody with the finances or the comings and goings of your business. You know, you need to learn it as you go, and you know, find reputable people and honest people that you can work with, so you don't get twenty thousand stolen, or you don't sign somewhere where at the very fine part it says, "Well, you know, you just signed your publishing away." You're not getting that back. Um, you know, it's just a matter of living and learning, man. And I'm sure it has it is taught Mason lesson just as well as Freddie a lesson anybody that's dealt with Puff. They've gotten bigger. Look at the locks, for that matter. Mm -hmm. They was in a fight for publisher, too. But look what they did when they went, they went their route. And Styles P, he's always talking about how it's great to be independent. And, you know, Jada and, and, and Sheik kind of juggle both. But... Working for yourself and being self-sufficient and doing your own footwork is the best way to go. I mean, you can use them as leverage, like Mace did with with, with the young guy. That's that's a that's a good look. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If he's allowing me to use his name and his notoriety to get recognized, that's a good look. And and out of and out of that good look, if it were me, I would break Mace off. Thank you, bro. Oh, Thank man, you for I'm, allowing me to use that. I'm sure Mace got um made some bread. Off of it, I'm off sure. Off of that, yeah. He made, he made bread off of it, but you know, the other thing is, I wonder if they have in these contracts something that actually says with the 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 time frame around in which a person can have this clause in it. Like maybe it should be after ten years, you no longer retain the rights. The person's publishing is fully restored. Right, you gotta give it back. You yeah. gotta give it back. So it can't be yours. Yeah, something, <laughs> so that way people don't have it forever. You know, um, I yeah, agree with that. In, in in other news, yo, you've been keeping up with um Jesse Smollett. <laughs> Juicy? Oh my god, this guy, man. He stages a hate crime. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He 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 he, he keeps saying he innocent. He keeps saying he innocent. So innocent but but you how innocent and you lie. For the people that's that's actually viewing. How many people think he's innocent? If you think he's innocent, put a thumbs up. If you think he's guilty, <laughs> put, a thumb, put a thumbs down. How many people actually think that he's innocent? Oh. Yeah, Rob, you said he stages a hate crime. He stages a hate crime. For what? What, do you, what did you... What were you thinking of gaining out of doing that? Now, according to, the, according to the story, here it is, he approaches... He gets a letter... That's a, a gay bashing letter. So he goes 
to my knowledge. So he goes to Lee Daniels, who's of the LBGQ community. I guess he looks at him and says, yo, I got this letter. Someone, I'm, I'm concerned about my safety. Lee says to him, well, it's just a letter. So he doesn't put too much emphasis on it for him to increase his security because I think that's what Jesse was looking for. So, you know, time goes on. He goes out to Chicago to do some promotion or whatever. And then this situation happens. But in this situation, he 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 allegedly talks about how he had a, a, a noose around his neck and he got beat up and all that. But then come to find out the people that did it, there's two brothers. One of them had a, a, a physical relationship with this dude. So now, hold on, son. So hold on. You 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 making this up, the MAGA hat and all this because you didn't get the proper representation when you said you got a, a gay bashing letter and you felt as though people should have just jumped to the rescue and say, look, let me get you your security. Let me get this for you. Let me just lay it out for you. And someone said, nah, just give it some time. You go out and make a fiasco of yourself. Now, mind you, Chicago is a city riddled with murder. Mm -hmm. Riddled with crime, and part of his restitution is paying the cops for overtime for fucking investigating <laughs> a false story. So, listen, you know, I see a lot of people uh, going back and forth about the time that he got 150 days, which is actually five months. Um, and I don't, I don't know what it is as far as time served or the time you get for lying. But I know the word perjury <laughs> is in there. So there, there is there is a sentencing for that. Mm -hmm. And then at the magnitude of what you know brought these individuals in. And then the two brothers, the two individuals that were uh mentioned in this, they took the stand against him. I knew this guy. This guy was paying me. You know, all, all these come on, how you how you how you innocent, homie? Just tell me, how you innocent, yo? Yo, my here's, here's, here's my thing with it. I think when he did this, to me, the world was in a place where it was so divisive as a result of Donald Trump. It was Trump. timing. Yes, and sir. I feel like that he, he kind of the flames and played with something that was extremely dangerous. If he, you know, he still maintains his innocence. People say no thumbs down. They think he, I think he lying also. My issue with, with, in terms of like the time stuff, like I think that Five months is a long time. And I'll tell you the reason why I think five months is a long time. I think five Please months tell. is a long time because I feel like that his crime, to a degree, was victimless. Right? He lied. And no one was hurt. No one was hurt. Yeah, yeah. He, li he lied. And then you're right. I think that there is precedence for perjury. He lied. If it was a situation where, you know, it was a, um, how you call it, a person lying and it resulted in another person potentially get, getting convicted, to me, then I could see, okay, yo, this dude, you need five months or whatever. What I think is more practical, would have been more practical is for him to get, have to pay restitution and for him mm -hmm. to have to pay a hefty fine, mm -hmm. um, you know, and maybe some kind of probation or something like that, I think, you know. But at the end of the day, what makes it worse to me is the fact that, this dude is still maintaining his innocence. It's like, yo, you already been caught. That's in mental health, yo. That's how, all mental health. How far, though, but how far are you going to go with this 
in terms of trying to make people believe that this really happened. Nobody believes. Only person that probably believes it is him, Taraji Henson. I don't even know if his family believe it. I don't. It's just like, like yo, it's so out, outland, outlandish. Now, and what, what, what was up with the? What Nels was up? I mean, to cut not, you off. Not, not victimless at all. So Nels, put in the chat who the who the um the victim was. Like I think the I think that again, like I didn't I don't see as a result of him lying who it directly impacted, other than for some police officers that probably want to go home to their family to high court. Mm -hmm. like, hey, stay investigating this 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 false accusation against these people. Like if those two brothers were actually prosecuted as a result of this, then I'd be like, right. like how many how many cases weren't more investigated because cops was looking? So that's what I was. But but, but you use but you use the system to perpetuate a personal feeling of yours about security. That's the thing because because now you perpetuated this this story that you were you was going out to subway two in the morning in Chicago to get a sandwich. Now, that could be absolutely true. In New York, everything is open at 2 in the morning. You can go get a haircut at 2 in the morning. I don't know. I can't speak for Chicago, but Chicago is a metropolis kind of like New York. So if there is something open, so be it. Drugs and sex at that time in the morning. Thank you. Drugs and sex. That's it. The noose around your neck, the MAGA hats, the, all the slurs, they were white. Yo, he couldn't even, he just, he couldn't even get together Did, whether it was a person that was anti-LGBT or a person that was racist. He just wanted to cover the whole gambit. Like, it's, just, it's somebody who's just prejudiced all around. And then when you see, then when you see a story not for going through with it, and they start to sentence you, you start to scream out, I am not suicidal. That was the easiest way to be put in protective custody, mind you. It's to, it's to chant out what, what happened. So, no, so, so Nels, Nels said, how many cases weren't investigated because cops was looking into his fake story? That's a good point. And that's why I said, like, the restitution and stuff like that. But remember, when you start talking about the law, you got to... And in Chicago, man, I mean, people are down in Chicago. They could have been out there looking for a killer. But you got to talk about concrete, what people could actually prove. So if I, was a, if I was his attorney, I would be like, well, those are hypotheticals. We can't say that this person would have been placed on this case or this, that, or whatever it is. That's true. To me, the most they could get him on is resources. Like, you wasted you wasted police resources. And when we go back to presidents, you have to think, he ain't the first person in the world that filed a fake police report. He's just high That's profile. <laughs> whatever people file fake niggas, niggas lie every day, B. <laughs> every day to tear people up. So, you know, like, I, to that, to that. Speaking to that point, like, yeah, I, I think that he definitely wasted the resources. I think the other thing that's problematic about this is that, like, people are like, oh, because now he's released. He's appealing. They let him out. He went Yo, to the got... But my thing is that some people, um, they said that because he said that uh, he got a letter or they got information that he was going to be anally assaulted or something like that in jail. I Honestly, what I feel is that he got celebrity privilege. That he got celebrity yeah, privilege. Yeah, protective custody. Mind you, in protective custody, he had armed guards and surveillance watching him. Who the hell is he? Armed guard? You need armed security? Yeah, he. that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just think that he celebrity privilege got him out because if it was anybody else... that and, he went to, and he went to the psych ward, too. Yeah, and they weren't a celebrity. Do you think that they would... Do you think that they would have actually... 
you know, windfall, okay, we appeal, we're going to let you out, this, that. It wouldn't happen this fast. But the other part of it, I also think, is, like, to kind of flip it around, if he didn't have some form of celebrity, would, the, would they actually have went this hard on him for the, um, how you call it, to say, like, right, you're going to get these five months or whatever. You know, we'll never know. You see little right. Kim got about a year and a day for perjury, right? That's right. You know, so you never know. And little Kim then did her celebrity didn't get her. But, some, but someone was hurt. It. Someone was Someone was hurt in that case. Someone got shot. Is that is that right? So that's yeah. probably why it was it was more lengthy because there was some actual physical um, damage in that in that case. You but think still, work again. That's gonna be a tough one, man. I mean, <laughs> that one lie is going. It, it probably ruined every connection he had. And if it ain't for Taraji, <laughs> who's supporting him, I don't know, man. I, I can't really call that. In, in, in my in my mind's eye, I would say no. I don't for think the, anybody will work with him. For the people in the chat, do you do you think Jesse Smollett will ever work again? Do you think that he'll how you call America loves pro, pro, probably as a ghostwriter. Pardon me for a second. Yo, America loves a good story, so who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe he will work again. My thing with Jesse Smollett though is I think that at some point he just gotta concede and just be honest. You know, at some point he has to come out and be like, "Look, I, I made this up." Um, and I honestly believe that he did it as clout. You know, I think he, he did it for clout to get a look and thinking that he gonna get it. You know, he knew that that there was tension and that the times were heightened and he could say that this was a, a, an attack on his sexuality and an attack on his race. And as volatile as the country was around that time, for him to kind of stoke that fear and people and put that out there like that to me is that no, nah, I'm not I'm not feeling that. So do I right. think that his like with them saying he gonna get that those 150 days, I wasn't stressing. I was like, you know, he shouldn't have all right, five months. I said five months, he'll be all right. yeah, whatever, he'll be all right. Yeah, ain't like he's doing any major time or anything like that. You know, he, he, they probably won't even send him to the mountains in five months. He'd be staying right there in some pen in Chicago City, just yeah. doing it, doing his five months. And he got also got 30 months probation. I think he paid a hundred, a total 150. And restitutions, all because the cops <laughs> worked overtime on the case. <laughs> yo, that, yo uh, how you call it? Nels, Chris Brown, also, I remember seeing him on one of those, I don't know if it was BT Awards or something, one of those shows actually offering, you know, apology, crying and stuff like that. Like, you could tell that he was, you know, he was genuinely upset for what he did. This dude is in court talking about, yo, I'm still innocent. I'm, I'm like, yo, man. You and I'm not suicidal. Yeah, like, I... You just sound, you sound crazy. I, I'm a, oh, I got a you know, somebody going to give him a, a, a role in something. He'll be doing something. Maybe not at this magnitude, but he'll get well, a role in something. But from the wife, his music career was pretty decent. He could be a ghostwriter. <laughs> Yo, Nels is wild. <laughs> he was doing that time in county jail. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they, they had him in the, in the island in Chicago. <laughs> Yo, that count, county jail, yeah, you ain't lying. <laughs> Yo, they try to finish him off. You said this, the Yo, he was in the psych ward. We got, we got some. Yo, sir, how you go from protective custody being surveilled by armed guards to the psych ward? That's a strategy, they, though. You know, that's a they, strategy. That's all strategy. That's what I mean. Him sitting there knowing he's about to go to jail and he just, uh, I'm not suicidal. <laughs> Who said you was? <laughs> I don't think anybody in that courtroom said, you look like you're about to kill yourself. 
But that was deployed. That was deployed because in his case, if I go to jail, something's going to happen to me. I'm this, not I'm this notable figure that when I go in there, they're going to try to manipulate. He doesn't, trust me, he doesn't, I don't think he, none of us know, but I'm sure he doesn't know Dude what prison life Dude isn't, he's a narcissist. Yeah, son, so... Yo. He's like that dude in the boondocks who was afraid to go to jail. Who was little girl pops? <laughs> they gonna they gonna rape me. Yo, moving from one narcissist to another one. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yo, the news is narcissistic lifestyle out here, yo. It's spinning right now with Kanye West. Yo, is, is Kanye West becoming unhinged and unglued? Or is Kanye West being gaslit? You know, you got Pete Davidson sending out messages on Twitter, I'm in bed with your wife. Um D.L. Hughley now coming for him in the comments. Everybody has all this commentary to say about him. Yo, I'm Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. and, be, and I mean to cut you off. Let me ask you this. You're a Gemini. Mm -hmm. Is this typical Gemini behavior? I've never been hospitalized. I've never spiraled. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I've never, I've never well, spiraled out of control like this. All right. So say, so say, as, so say you had something in your, in your life that has been so traumatic where I don't want to use the word traumatic, but just something where you, you know, you're just like, damn, what do I do? What's what's happening in my life right now? Because I'm seeing I'm seeing the two-sided Gemini in this guy. Because one minute he can give you this musical genius and he's eclectic. He got crazy ideas. Some of the stuff he's done is like, wow, look, he really put that together. But then you flip it, and it's like, what the hell are you Yo. doing? That's not that's not astrology. That's bipolar. That's mental illness. <laughs> Just two individuals, huh? That's, that's, that's bipolar. Yeah, it's all together. What you're seeing, though, is mania. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing him become manic. You know, like one minute he seems calm, cool, collected, and put together. And then the next minute he seems very eccentric. Like, that's why his music yeah. and all that stuff probably really takes off. Because that mania, when you become passionate about stuff, like he becomes so passionate about things. Like, this is not... Two different people. This is him being genuinely mental, mentally ill. But I, right. the thing I say about Kanye though is that I don't. I I feel like people use his mental illness to sort of to to sort of diminish whatever his experience is. And for mm -hmm. as much stuff that Kanye West got going on, some I mean, like he had, as a parent, he has legitimate reason for concern. Like if he's par a partial custodial parent. And he's being denied access to his to his children. Children, or, yeah. Or he feels as if that he wants to spend time with his children. And That's feels, right. You know, there's this whole big filter of people, menage of people that he has to get through in order mm -hmm. to get contact with his ex-wife to have his children. Then mm -hmm. you know, of course, that there's going to be some level of him having a meltdown. Like now where it becomes kind of crazy with Kanye is that all this stuff is on public display. So for right. me, I'm thinking either Kanye is having these discussions in public because he can't get through to her and have these conversations with her behind the scene, or he's doing it in public because he's looking for an ally around this stuff. You know, and like, Nell's made a good Nell's made a good point. That's the only family he has. Pretty yeah, so much. I, I look at I look at his I look at his passion for wanting to spend time and have his children and everything is perfectly right. fine. I would right. know more about if he's actually made effort behind the scene to have these conversations. And, and as a result, 
him not getting anything anywhere with her that he decided to bring this to the public eye. But if he's going to the public eye and having these conversations and these outbursts without actually having a conversation with um, Kim Kardashian, then it, then to me it's be it becomes problematic. And I think the other thing around it also is that Kim Kardashian is in a position where she has hundreds of millions of fans and followers, like or not. So I think that she has public support. Imagine if this was a regular a, a, a regular woman who couldn't garner that amount of support and he was taken to social media to go off about her. Oh, they, be, they, be, they be beating her up. They be beating up on social media. What you mean Kanye can't see his kids? Who the hell are you? Yeah, and using his following to, so I, my <laughs> advice to him would be kind of like, yo, you know, like maybe you need to figure out some sort of formal mediation instead of using your social media. Right. As mediation, you know, like that's why I think that they just, that, that Kanye right. loses me. Like, you know, all of it doesn't need to be in the public eye. Whatever yeah. Kim's doing, and, and that's Kim's business. Intentionally, she's doing it strategically, you know, and, and, and to a degree with her doing it strategically, maybe she is. Maybe it is causing him knowing that he's somebody who can be easily rattled. But to me, his approach is off. And as a result of it, you know, he he's, he got a lot of opportunities that is going to end up getting jeopardized as a result of this. Like, oh, yeah. already saying, like, oh, you know, he don't need Gap need to take the campaign. Balenciaga need to take his campaign. He don't need this. He don't need that. You're right. We don't know if Kim will be in agreement to um to medi mediation. We don't know. But I tell you one. I mean, we don't know if he's already tried it. But I tell you one thing: it's not going to get mediated through social media. So no. I don't know what he's looking for from social media other than to create a narrative where he's not a bad father. But I need to know this. I look at but, it see, but you don't. But you don't need the public opinion to well, to prove well, that you're a good or bad father. Well, Rob, I was going to say this. I, I'm I'm not on social media all day, but I look at look at it enough to say I've never heard anybody ever mention Kanye being a horrible father. Have you? Talk about that. Nope. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to figure out like what is what does he hope to 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 get across by taking a social media with this? Like, what is he looking for? What's his motive? He's, he's, I think he's just trying to put, put out the narrative for one that he is a good father and and for some way, somehow, to cast some shade on Kim and what Kim has done, what's doing to him, so to speak. You know, there's always, I hate to say it, but there's always a, a bicker between parents when the, when the child is involved with child support and when you get to see him rights. There's always a situation like that. And I think that should, one, I don't think it should ever be uh, handled in court, but if it has to go there, so be it. Because if you're two consenting adults about a child and the well-being of the child, you should have at least the morals and integrity enough to do the right thing regardless of what. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do that, and, and in this case, in his position, he feels that, you know what? You're not going to just make me look like a fool. I'm going to make you look like a fool, too. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go out there and talk about your boyfriend. I'm going to talk about everybody else. Since you talk about me, tit for tat. Now, that I know, taking no shots at you, bro, because you're one of the Geminis that I know they won't do nothing like that. But I know Geminis that will go tit for tat. Mm. You talk about me? Watch me. Watch me. You just read you your rights after that. Yo. That's just in the nature. What is, though, like, what's the... um? What's 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 his what's Kanye's narrative as a father? His narrative. I mean, people are always gonna say like, you know, he got mental illness. Like I said, they say that to diminish him. But right. I, I just I don't know. I think that Kanye has achieved. His kids love. I'm sure his kids love him. 
But but Kanye to me has a, achieved a level of freedom where he can speak unfiltered. And True. sometimes when you have that level of freedom where you can speak unfiltered to people who are not in that position, the message seems awkward and bizarre, right? Because we we may not have the liberty that Kanye West has around this stuff to receive these messages. So we we for lack of a better word, we kind of in, in the matrix or in the system around this stuff. <laughs> yo, we, we like, yo, this is, this is very, very much different than anything that we've ever said. And I think that he's, he, the stuff he says is unfiltered. It's but he's always like, I think who's that that says bar, bar crib J or whatever. I don't know your name. Sorry if I chopped it up. He said he's always been unfiltered. Kanye has always been the asshole, so to speak, as he called him and Dane were assholes. Because they would do shit just just to fuck with people or just just to be just to be noticed. They now, would do one, things out of the ordinary. One thing I will say though that I that that to me is like I've seen a shift in like initially when he started this stuff, I was looking at it like, oh, this is a dude that's really fighting for his family. And it, it for for a little while it seemed that way that he was fighting for his family, but somehow kind of shifted to all right now, this is kind of giving like stalker vibes or whatever <laughs> you know like yo you burying her new dude in your video and all this oh stuff oh my god I, I didn't see anything wrong with him fighting for his family i thought that was cool but after a while it's like yo you gotta you know come on like you know i respect that he signed the divorce papers you know um he just i don't i don't i feel like all the time and when we spoke to ron fest about this i got a sense from ron fest that kanye do have people around him that you know that keep it 100 with him but mm -hmm. i just to me, it's just like, I think that when you get to that level and you're unfiltered, you're unbothered, and you can say whatever it is, and you feel like there's no ramifications for it, it's really hard to kind of have somebody that's going to be there and pull you on the coattail and be like, nah, yo, you don't, you know, I know it. Don't, right. send, don't send that tweet, bro, or don't right. that Instagram out or whatever, like, yo, yeah, well, I'm going to sit with you. You could tell me all your frustration and all this and all that, because, yo, think about it. We said Kanye never cared what the world think anywhere to begin with. So why the hell he need to be on on Instagram trying to help people believe that how you call it, yo, that he's a, a good father? I've never heard anybody say Kanye was a bad father. And and you probably won't because it ain't, it's not about him as a father. It's more about him and the antics he pulls in the public eye. That's what it's about. It's about you know, and it could be mental 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 health or whatever it is. Apparently, he 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 has a lot that he deals with as a person. I think that 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 alone, and knowing how to juggle it and manage that, has never really wrapped too tight with Kanye. He's like, man, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll I'll just go with the flow of it for right now, or I'll just create a hysteria, and so I can forget about it. You know what I mean? But you know, Yay is going to be Yay. He ain't going to change for nobody but himself. And, you know. <laughs> he said his mental fan. <laughs> his mental fan. <laughs> like, don't try to clean it up. It's, that's pretty much what it is. But, you know. Nah, it's not. God I, don't bless think, him. I don't think it's all mental. I don't think it's all mental health. I think some of it's, it's, a, it's a combination of both. It's, it, yeah. He, it's, and he's putting, he's putting his feelings out there. Which in some cases, you know, you you don't put everything out in the public. That's that's really it. How how old is his oldest though? How old is his oldest? West gotta be at least maybe six or seven, maybe. I don't even really know, to be honest uh, with you. North, North, right? North? She got North yeah, got North. like ten. 
Ten is eight, eight to ten. She's yo. She gotta be up there because she's the oldest. You know how you call it. So if you got an eight year old, you've been with this person for all these years. You got four children with them. You got and he got to deal with separation. You know, like and I, I just I like I can see how a person. That's, that shows I just don't want to. I don't want to see him unraveled on the public eye, though. That shows you not only children have separation anxiety, so do parents. You said North is Nell said North is ten. Yo, so yeah, so so she's ten. She knows who her dad is. The kids know who they dad is. So, what is Kim telling them about their dad, or is she allowing them to watch TV to, to, for them to figure it out? Daddy has issues right now. Daddy's going through something. Daddy will see you tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Adult 25, 27. It doesn't take rocket science to see it. I love him to death, but you can see it. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I think what you see is somebody that, how you call it, is probably going through the process of losing their family. Um, yeah, public eye. Like I think what he's what he's experiencing. She's eight. What he's experiencing is I think what probably a lot of people, including women, experience after you lose a relationship of ten years, and for your children. Like you know, I I, I don't know if other people as um. As, it's a tough as, thing to deal with, man. Yeah, definitely a tough thing to deal with because you got to wrap your mind around these are my children, man. I, you know, I helped bring them here. I was taking care of them, and you know, all all of the nuances that as it is to be a parent, you know, that doesn't change. That doesn't change overnight. It, ne it never changes. You know what my favorite, my favorite interview to watch of Kanye is, and it's, it's uh, circulates on Insta um, Instagram. You ever What's see the shirt where he'd be like, yo, they, they got mad at me for saying, for making that song. I am a God. <laughs> you, you never seen that? He'd be like, no, yeah, I, I, yo, said, I said, I am a God. What's wrong with that? He was like, would it be better if I said I was a drug dealer? I, uh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hope that the brother get the support um that he needs. I hope that they mm -hmm. can find some level of um I think it'll be worked out. In 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 reconciliation. And mm -hmm. I think that he needs to figure out a way to kind of get low for um for a minute. And and the reason why I said that is like, yo, you know my public relations advice is always for people to disappear. Like sometimes just removing yourself out of the public eye. Right, son. Just take step back. Just step back. Clear the way. Stay out the way. And let things kind of just roll over, man. Instead of instead of trying to tackle it head on. Sometimes tackling it head on, you make it work. Cause cause yo, you know you know, before he started going downhill with this, it was just, yo, you know, Kanye is uh, Kanye and Kim is going through a divorce. Then the narrative shifted to, yo, yo Kanye spiraling because he's taking shots online about Kim, Kim's new relationship with Skeet and you know, <laughs> all this stuff or whatever. It's just like, yo, he it's just went too far with it. We all got that one friend that day. With this, that We got that one friend that, we, that before we link up with other people, we say, now be nice. That's Kanye. <laughs> and don't start no shit before we get in here right now. Oh, man. Let's make it a Yo, good night. Switching gears. I don't know how many people watch Earn Your Leisure, but Earn Your Leisure is like one of my favorite podcasts um, to watch. And recently they had an interview with, um, with Steve Harvey. It was a great interview. And you know what? I'm happy to, I'm, I'm happy to say like I, 
Previously, I wasn't a fan of Steve Harvey. Not not that I disliked him, but I just didn't really see like. Was he? He wasn't that funny. He wasn't that funny to you. Nah, I've never like his his um his his stand up and stuff like that. Like I, I it was okay, but it you know Medium. I didn't have him. I didn't have him at the top to say like yo dude yo he's gut busting funny or whatever you know or or even like think like a man or any of that stuff. Like I've never been blown away by any of those things. I always thought that you know the dude is Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey. But the conversation that they had with him and listening to his business acumen and mm. his business interests really really impressed me it really impressed me and to hear about i guess like his story and his bounce back this dude said that he was 22 million dollars in debt to the irs where his accountant didn't pay taxes for seven years and he talked about how he got on a conference call and they didn't know that he was on the call on the conference call and that somebody like one of the people on there said something like yo well, yo what are we gonna do when this dude go to jail because he just knew that he was never going to be able to pay those back taxes. So in that interview, he talked about, like, the good business decisions he made, the bad mm -hmm. business decisions he made, his time mm -hmm. that he had a chance to spend with, um, with Robert Smith. Like, it was just, to me, it was just, like, a really, really good interview. You get a chance to catch it? I caught, I caught a, a, a good portion of it. I didn't watch it in length. Um, but what I, what I did appreciate was, was his honesty. You know, he said 100% of your track record of you surviving funky days are just that. If you've made it through the bad days, you're here to talk about it. So have some gratitude. And that's part of one of, part of his five principles. Dream big, use your imagination, show gratitude, overcome fear, and have faith. I think that's a brilliant mindset for any person to have mm -hmm. when you're going into business or you're just dealing with life. Um, the interview was very was very well put together. I, shout out to them, Earn, Earn Your Leisure Brothers, man. I like, I love their, I love their platform. I love the things that they're talking about. They, they keep financial literacy in our heads as if it's a sport, and we need to watch this game. And um, it was, it was a really impactful interview. And he also talked about, you know, the tricks of Hollywood. And that's when I mentioned, you know, before that he said, yo. Entertainment game ain't no different than the music game, man, because, you know, you got agents that want money. You got managers that want 10%. Before you know it, all you got is 2%. You've done all the work because you got to pay all these different people. So he, he was very adamant about ownership and owning your brand and, and, and taking your brand where it needs to go and being grateful, man, just being grateful for the things that you have. That's what I liked about it most, man. Yeah, he um he talked about like I guess the the part where he had no ownership in the Steve Harvey show. I you know he right. He said actually he said I got nothing on the back end. He said just of, like a rapper. <laughs> a lot of good business tips about how the difference between um, royalties work as it relates to to television shows versus book right. deals. Book deals. Right. He how he was in positions where he took upfront money and he had to take upfront money and he um you know he didn't have ownership and certain things and now he's gotten to the point he admitted he ownership and yeah he admitted he was there just for the check i was just getting for the check yeah and did you catch when he said that he took um he took family feuds he bought the rights to family feuds i think in south africa and he wanted to take it yeah yeah that, yeah that he's doing a, a 
Family Feud in 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 South Africa and stuff like that. So I uh, what Steve I Harvey, see, he called us the part of his Steve Steve Harvey global umbrella. Yeah, what I see in him though is I see a dude whose business acumen has really really grown and his mindset has kind of evolved from a person who once upon a time was about yo let me just get the check and mind you this is a dude who at one point in life actually slept in a car he's homeless oh yeah he, he slept in his car so to now he said his wife when his wife divorced him she left him yeah. with like a thousand dollars a thousand dollars and you know he said the other thing is he said that um his strategy when he was that 22 million dollars and debt to the IRS was that he said his wife was crying for days, but he said that he got up and went and took every show he, he could take on the weekend. Yeah, so like, yo, I... I, I That's how you persevere, man. Mm -hmm. I commend That's that about him. I think that also, like, the fact that, you know what else I appreciated? His mentorship, because I don't know if you caught, but a lot of the people that now work for Earn Your Leisure at one point in time worked for him and got about that? from him. So anytime you see dudes of his caliber actually sharing that information right. willingly, like yo, that to me is a value because a lot of dudes that was a good about that, game. that that was a good OG talk for them to sit there with a with a with an older with older brother and he shed some light on his life experiences, the things he done been through, you know, and 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 just going through it. So that he, he he's encouraging you, let you know, yo, you've been through the work. I, and I, I reflected on myself. Two kidney surgeries, a whole bunch of other things. Life happens. Yo, you just pick up and you keep going, man. You don't stop. You don't quit. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that you can wake up the next day and start it all over again, you got a chance and a choice, man. Make the best of it, B. Did you hear the part where he talked about that um, no excuses? He was like that he don't accept. He don't no, he, was, he told he told his man, he told his lawyer friend Brandon. He yeah. said, "Um, he said, yo, I want to do Family Feud in Africa." He's like, "Hold up, Steve." Nah, and then he's hung up the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I get, I, yo, and I'm with that. I'm with the no excuses. That means if you got a a team of people around you that have no excuses, it's already done. They're just gonna find a way to do it. It's a weird where there's a will, there's a way. There's a will, there's a way, son. And as long as you can see it, back to the imagination, that's where all things are created, in your thoughts. But you got to be right up here. You can't have the distractions of other things going on in the midst of trying to create or build or whatever it is that you're trying to put together with those distractions in there. You have to be mentally strong, man. Have to be, people. Yeah. So Steve Harvey, you know, he. I think he may have gained a fan from, from me with that. With that interview, he be good for something other than a strawberry letter now. <laughs> he's and, you know, he talked about how he didn't really make, he said he made money off of the Think Like a Man movie, but he said that he didn't have much involvement with it. I guess it was all like Will Packer, right? Who right. Did, you know, so, again, like, I appreciated him sharing that information and sharing them gems. I'm going I'm to finish, finish it up, man, because it, it did have, he was, he was just laying out jewels. It was just, like I said, it was just like talking to your OG on the corner. And he just sharing some shit. I've been through this, young blood. Don't do it. Mm. That's that's the most I got from it, man. It was dope. Yeah, he's hey, that divorce cleaned him out. Divorce and taxes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she left me with a thousand dollars. Like, man, what did she take? Jesus, she took everything, son. Yo, didn't he say that the um the lawyer was so good he was applauding the lawyer and uh, <laughs> He didn't, he didn't have control over the um the movie because I guess that what they did was they must have purchased the rights 
from him. And he was in a position where he took the upfront money right. rather than the um the creative control. So they was asking him about EP credits. Did he have executive producer credits? I don't think he said he had executive producer credits on that mm. particular movie. He said he made a nice piece of change. He said the most money he ever made was actually off the book because mm -hmm. he get he gets residuals off the books. He said he's never made back in back in money off of anything in television. Off of anything. Despite the he said, he, I think he said his indication. His philosophy was if a promoter booked him, his goal was to make sure the promoter got his money as well as I'm getting mine. So it's a win-win. So if you book me to come to your show, I'm going to make sure the content of what I'm bringing to your show will sell out your venue so that you bring me back the next time there's an opportunity to bring me back and keep that rapport going. That that that, that files in, in my opinion, having no excuses. Someone gives you an opportunity, you maximize it. You what maximize you, it. What did you think, or if, I don't know if you caught it, but what did you think about his Mount Rushmore comedians? Did you catch that part? Nah, but I can imagine it would have been, of course, Red Fox. Nope. He got um, his own little say. He was like, yo, a mountain. He got Red Fox in there. He, he nah. got Pryor? He, he, said, he said Richard Pryor get a mountain to himself. He said Eddie Murphy okay. gets a black. And then he had, I think, Chris Rock. Um, let me see. Yeah, Bernie? Rock. Nope. He had Chris wow. Rock, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart? No, Bernie? I forget who else he had. He had one other person, and then he said that the Kings would have to be, would have to represent four. Like, all of them would represent the fourth person. I forget who the third person was, but it was like, it was Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, and somebody else. I forget who the other person was. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Chris Rock, Kevin Hart. Now, as, as comedian and entertainers, movies too, those guys have had a substantial career. Can't I, even front. I, I would put Chris Rock over Kevin Hart, honestly. I, I mean, I, I guess Kevin, all Kevin, 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 Kevin Hart's um, his career took a, a real quick rise. I mean, from the from the from the old school days of him doing what he was doing, them old movies, them old Soul movies Plane and funny. all that, huh? Paper Soldier is one of my favorites. Did you like Soul Plane too? So I mean, it was something to watch. I it, it don't, it don't have replay value, but yo, you ain't never gonna catch me sitting down like yo, Soul Plane on. But after those two introductions of Kevin Hart, things went straight to the top for him, and they're still still climbing. And then he puts his boys on too, so their career, Rock and Hart. I, mean, I think maybe he's looking at that because he also put Eddie Murphy in there, mm -hmm. who who was an icon when it comes to to, to stand up comedy. Um, you know, he put controversy. Uh, controversy. He was like that. He would put Bill Cosby too, based on Bill Cosby's accolades. He was like Bill Cosby got more comedy records than anybody all time. And then he shared a good story too. Can't, you can't, story erase, can't erase that. He shared. Did you you heard the story about Michael Jackson that he took Michael Jackson to church on Crenshaw? <laughs> <Nah>. See, <laughs> I'm gonna go finish that when yo, I leave. Let me stop. Yo, I need to see that, son. Church on Crenshaw that um he told Michael Jackson, "All right, I'm going. We gonna go to we gonna go to church. Don't tell <laughs> nobody." But Michael Jackson must have told the somebody told the pastor, and the pastor told everybody. So when they pulled up, it was a whole bunch of people out there lined up waiting for them. He was like, Michael Jackson came out to go to church with like some joint with Captain Crunch. The thing. He was like, what the hell you got on? He said, Mike was like, this shirt cost $20,000. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, it was a great story. He also had a good story about um Robert Smith too, where he said that he, you know, he um Robert Smith. He said he took a jet to meet with Robert Smith, and you only get thirty minutes of his time. And did you hear this? And he said when he came in, that Robert Smith told his um his assistant did like this and was like, no, like let him stay. He said that the assistant came back again. And that Robert Smith was like, nah, I told the assistant, go away. He said he ended up spending seven hours with Robert Smith, the, the black billionaire. Yeah. And then he said, when he left, he said he asked the assistant, why is it that I was able to stay for seven, seven hours when I only planned to be here for 30 minutes? And he was like, that you the first person that has ever came in and hasn't asked, you didn't ask him for any money. You didn't ask him for anything. So I guess this dude was so used to people coming in and hitting them up for money that he cap it at, you get 30 minutes of my time to ask for whatever donation or whatever it is you, you want or whatever. And, then you and he got, and he got seven hours of jewels. Seven. Yep. Seven hours. Yeah, I used to think lectures were long because I've listened to lectures. Some lectures go into five, six hours. But if you have the wherewithal to listen and learn, trust me, you don't want nothing in 30 minutes. Seven hours. <laughs> you Seven. don't want nothing in 30 minutes. The, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. The longer the better when you're around someone as substantial as Robert Smith or anybody who has a wealth of knowledge to share because they're representing. You see what the man has done. So that's probably what ignited him to go Steve Harvey Global and start doing things on his own, cutting out the agents, cutting out the managers, only having a lawyer. Brilliant. That to me... I think that, that was dope. That was, yeah, that was brilliant. That was brilliant because he broke down, in his interview, he broke down the percentage that everybody gets so yeah. much. I think that when it was all said and done after taxes and paying agents, attorneys, managers, managers. That, he's probably getting like 20%. So imagine if you only get, if you get a million dollars and you leave with 200,000 200, of that million dollars. You even talk about the government that take 40. <laughs> yeah, like, yo. Yeah, yo. So what he basically did was he hired his own attorney and his attorney negotiates and closes the deals for him. With that alone, look how much money, like other people, we actually cut out. Negotiate your price, man, instead of someone, instead of allowing someone to give you what they think you're worth. Mm. Negotiate your price, man. Because that's what it is. You're not going to get, like he said, you're not going to get it in the back end. So you might as well get it written out. This is what I want. This is what I'm getting. If not, I'm out of here. Yeah, that makes me think of the, um, the other thing that that's, that was on social media where it was they fried, I guess, some woman because it was some woman on there saying that they had a candidate that they were looking at for a position. And the candidate came in and requested $60,000 as their salary, but they had $100,000 in the budget to pay the person. So it was some people that were saying that, well, the candidate got to ask for more money and know their worth. And there was other people saying, like, yo, how are you going to be in a position to give somebody forty grand more for their worth, but you don't, you know, you 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 shortchange them or whatever. I don't know where I land with that as an employer, but that mm -hmm. yo, know, that's that's real talk. Like there are a lot of people who come in and undersell themselves, and you know, yeah. fiscally, you like yo, if I can get this person to do the job for sixty grand, but I had allocated it for eighty, it just I guess it's just a matter of the person, right? It's the matter of the person. If you don't know your worth, somebody else will tell you your worth. So you have to you have to know your capability, your skill sets, what you're great at. Take just take a reflection of yourself. What have you done in whatever field that you're in that has made a difference? You know what I mean? And 
I like to, I, you know, I'm great at operations because I've been in, I've been in corporate America almost 20 years and the things I've saw and seen and was able to absorb in that, in that environment and also use as a tool for myself, it has garnered me to be right where I'm at right now. So, yo, listen, man, anytime someone got something to say and they willing to teach you and show you, don't brush them off, man. It can be Wisdom can come from the wildest places. I've had wisdom come from homeless people. When they say, yo, young man, even if you say, young man, pull up your pants. It's a jewel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, That's a jewel, man. Let me let me make sure I get this. Let me, I want to make sure I get the stats right on this. So um, Wells Fargo found to have rejected half its black applicants for mortgage refinancing. So look, this this is the breakdown for Wells Fargo in terms of approval for refinancing applications. White, 72% approval. Asian, 7% approval. Hispanic, 3% approval. Black, 47% approval. Now this is for all other lenders. White, 87% approval. Asian, 85% approval. Hispanic, 79% approval. Black, 71% approval. So I'm guessing Wells Fargo got flagged because they're lower. Their 47 percentage is lower than all the other banks. But the reason why this came to, I think, the attention of people also is because this was an engineer from Microsoft who had a credit score well above 800 and his wife was a doctor, that they were, it looks like that they were going to get denied a refinancing opportunity and have to yeah. pay um, a higher than 4.5% 4, 4 um, interest rate. Interest rate on a refinancing loan. So what do you, I guess, what do you attribute this to? And for those who don't know or are not aware how how much refinancing, how valuable refinancing could be, refinancing could lower your monthly mortgage payment. It could help you um, save money out of, mm -hmm. of, of your, um, your existing mortgage loan also. Um, it's, just, it's just so many different things that you could do as a result of refinancing, lower your interest rate. There's so many different things that you could do. So now that this has been flagged, I do know that, um, that Wells Fargo has said that they're going to look at some of their practices. But, you know, as we, we talked about this earlier, this has bigger implications. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, this is, this is, this is quote-unquote redlining, something that was banned over 50 years ago. When you ostracize a certain a certain demographic of people because of who they are, um, and you're right in your numbers, man. I mean, and all the other lenders that we're still at the bottom. I mean, black homeowners only make up nine percent of the homeowners here in the country. So you know, we we try to you know, it's good to exercise and encourage people to buy property. You know, one of the things you know about even where me and my wife live. You know, we, we have land. I think people need to focus more on that. But here we are back with something that started early in the 30s. You know, it literally shaped the demographic and the wealth pattern of the society by marginalizing certain people living in certain areas versus keeping the, these people out and these people in. And the ones you kept out, those areas turned into to, to low-income areas. And it's still low-income areas. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't get the resources other neighborhoods get. I mean, Senate passed a bill in, I think, 2018 that gave the ability to enforce lending requirements, making it easier for community banks to hide their discrimination practices. 
And I think Mel Wells Fargo fell through the cracks. And somebody said, oh, Nick, what you doing? <laughs> well, you, that, know, you know what? That, you number, know. that number's not right, bro. What you doing? It need to be you know more what? than that. What else flagged it, though? Probably remember, like, with everything that was going on, interest rates were lower than they've ever been. Well, lower than they ever been, bro. Lower than they ever been. So why can't I capitalize on that, too? You know, white homeowners or Caucasian homeowners save about $3.8 billion annually in refinancing. Mm. We don't even scratch $200 million in refinancing because mm. of the redlining. Because, look, either you're black. Well, it is because you're black. It don't matter if you're a doctor, astronaut. It doesn't matter. You're black. And, and, and whatever you know, stereotype that goes along with that in, the, in, in certain people's minds, they carry that, man. They carry that to the, to the point where I have the power to marginalize you, keep you out of the way. You can't be in this neighborhood for whatever reason. Here we go again. Mm -hmm. Some bullshit, man. Yeah. Interest, you know interest rates slowly but surely are creeping up, but interest rates were at an all-time, you know, all-time all low. low. So, but they were interest rates were considerably lower for an extended period of time during the pandemic, but now they're creeping back up. And you know the um property value, the world the world is opening up again. <laughs> property property value was really high also. So you know with property value being high and people going to refi, they probably was getting appraisals and seeing like, oh okay, my home is in terms of the equity now that I have in my home. Right. You know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So imagine if you could take that equity out and some people use equity to do home repairs. Some people use equity as a down payment to purchase an additional home. There, there right. are different things that you could do with right. from your equity and reducing your interest the, rate and lowering your monthly payment. Like that's a way right. that, that really doesn't have anything to do a lot of times with a person's financial situation. That's just good business. Like you mean to tell me I could get a lower interest rate, lower my payment <laughs> And get the money from equity to go get another property or land or whatever it is. Um, so win-win, son. So when you don't give somebody the opportunity to do that, it's like, what's up, B? Why can't I get that? Well, we already know, man. You know, there, there is also, I mean, I don't know if anyone is familiar with Brother Ben X. Brother Ben X is a, is a member of the Nation of Islam, and he has a community called Hereafter Farms. It's a community of about 100 families that have invested in about 500 acres of land. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a dope way to um, exercise um, ownership. You know, this, this buying a house is one thing, yes. And we just explained all of the, the benefits of doing that if you get a chance to refinance. But um, also land, too, man. I think we need to encourage ourselves to uh, invest in a plot of land. I don't care if it's, you know, it could be something like what Yemi has for Oko Farms. You know what I'm saying? She only got, what, 2,500 square feet? But mm -hmm. she's able, she's able in that in that amount of space to create a farm, a farm that can generally take care of the, the general location of the public where she's in to eat clean, eat healthy. Um, I also follow uh, black-owned farmers, too, who are, who are acquiring a lot of land. And um, I think that's something that we need to do. But when it comes to home ownership, yo, you, you just you just got to be in the right place at the right time, man. And I don't think Wells Fargo was the place to be, man. Go to the other lenders. <laughs> Your chances are better with them, you know what I mean? 
So can you clarify something for me? Is it a buyer's or seller's market? Um, I don't I can't tell you now what it is, but I know during the pandemic it was definitely definitely a seller's market. There was there was low inventory. The inventory was so low where I lived that there were like realtors that would leave um like flyers on my door saying somebody's interested in your home. You know, um the realtor who sold us our home years ago also contacted us and was saying like look I get I have somebody that's interested in your home and that they would pay probably seventy five thousand dollars more than what it was actually worth. So you know at that point in time it was definitely a, a seller's um a seller's market because when whenever whenever, whenever inventory is low though whenever inventory is low you're gonna get more for your um for your property. For your property yeah. You know, when it's when it's a whole bunch of when it's a whole bunch of property available then I think buyers have you have more wiggle room because there are other comps and ways to negotiate. Like I'm not going to this house. I'm gonna go with the next person or whatever. And what I'm starting to notice, which was very interesting to me for my house, they were very specific about like, no, this, you know, this person has had their eye on this house or wanted to live in this particular complex for this long or whatever, and this is what they're willing to do. Um, so you know, my position is something like that. Is like I think if the right offer would have came along and the money was right. Then that's something I would I would have probably definitely considered. Is there a lot of um inventory by you, Rob? Like are there a lot of available homes? No. After during the pandemic, yes, because people were moving up here very often to the point right here, this main strip right here, they call it New York <laughs> because wow. everyone everyone has moved from New York right up here. We and we just added to the the New York population up here. Mm -hmm. um, but people were, people were making moves, man, during during 2020 and the 21. You know what I mean? It, it, it was a seller's and also, I think it was a buyer's too because people were moving, bro. Mm -hmm. There was property out there to be bought and people were jumping on them. You know what I mean? Where we would see signs. It was like, damn, somebody moving in over there too? Over there too? What's going what? on? The result of people, you know, financial hardship that people can no longer afford their home, you think? Well, I think people were leaving out of New York because of the situation in New York. Mm. And they were just trying to escape from New York. No pun intended. But um, that's what happened, man. People started just, you just started seeing more New York plates come up this way more than ever. And I mean, a lot of people live, live in Connecticut that travel to New York to work. But... Um, oh. I'm gonna tell you, you know what? Imagine, imagine if you, if people, as a result of what happened with the pandemic, were in positions where they their job just was like, you know what? We've gone fully remote forever. You could telecommute forever, you know, kind of thing. And you still could collect whatever your salary is. So now you ain't got to pay whatever the cost of gas is. You None ain't got to worry about that travel back. None of that. Keep your city salary. Like, oh my god. That's a win-win. Mm -hmm. So I could see win -win. somebody from New York moving out of New York and being like, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this as an opportunity to get out of New York, relocate, keep my salary, get me out. Right, when the, interest, when the interest rates were low, you know, people people were scurrying, man. People were moving to Connecticut, Jersey, PA. People were leaving, leaving town. People were doing a lot during that time, man. So, yeah. What it was, man. I'm gonna tell you. I mean, you know, my uh, my brother moved to Tennessee during this. Um, and what when part I was of Tennessee is he in? He's in Chattanooga. 
Say word, my family is from Chattanooga. Yeah, they're so. in Chattanooga. And when I was out there a couple of weeks ago, we just, you know, I just happened to be talking on walking the property and everything and looking at it. Shout out to Rings. Yo, his his taxes is three thousand dollars. Tennessee. <laughs> where, I went where young bug call it Tennessee. Yo, three thousand <laughs> if you see the the lot, like yo, I'm so proud of him, the lot that he got. For three thousand and the size of his house in taxes is three thousand dollars a year. So to put that in perspective, you know, I mean, Reeves is Reeves is cool as a cucumber. I watched when I watched the sports show. He's so stoic. <laughs> Yo, the, the no move with nothing. <laughs> the, the, the the taxes up 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 by me taxes range anywhere. The lowest it's ever been, I think, was nine. The most it's ever probably been is twelve a year. Right. You know how you call it, and the amount of land that he has versus the amount of actual land that I have for three thousand in taxes, and plus probably the cost of the house is like, yo, you you know you can't beat that, man. Can't beat that, man. You know you wish it was a little closer, but trust me, Tennessee, it's a beautiful state. Sure, yeah. it's nice out there, bro. Yeah. So, yo, that's this 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 is this concludes our our, our topics for tonight. Yo, any closing words, Rob? Um, the frustration with Wells Fargo. I don't bank with Wells Fargo. <laughs> anyway, so. Wells Fargo been in the news for always uh, just discrimination, man. This ain't the first time I've heard Wells Fargo treat our people in a way that is unfair. So I, I have nothing to say about Wells Fargo. Nothing at all. All I have to say is don't lie to the cops. <laughs> 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 Do not do not ruin yourself. You know, one you know, one thing my mother told me as a kid, because excuse me, I used to lie. I used to be a big liar, at least try to lie when I didn't want to get caught in something. My mother said, Son, I'm tired of punishing you. You're not a good liar. Stop it. <laughs> and I stopped it, bro. And my life got a whole lot better trying to stop stop lying, son. I always thought I was trying to be slick or I could get away with something. Once I, once I figured that out, that was it, man. Keep it truthful. Stand on your square. You know what I mean? Go through go through whatever hardships you got to go through. Like Steve Harvey said, man, we all been through our shitty days and bad moments. But the fact that we got through it says something about who you are and, the, and, and your courage and your character. Um, you know, I always talk about big imagination, have some gratitude. All of the principles that Steve talked about is like, damn, man, he was reading my mind, or we are like I like minds, man. So Yeah. That's about it, man. Just 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 be honest with yourself. And um do the right thing, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, like I think I'm I'm happy you brought that up because one of the things that I appreciated him talking about too was the gratitude part where he was saying, I think he said something like, you know, you get the person that they um they making I don't remember the exact figures, but he was like, they're making uh, $20,000 to start off with. Then, and then they, they get 50000 Yeah, and then they get pissed off, and they like, yo, I'm not a millionaire. How come I'm not a millionaire? And they lose sight of, yo, you used to be making 20000 you Bruh. making whatever, 100000 or whatever. <laughs> and he used that as an example for um for gratitude. And I thought, that was, I thought that was really dope because I think gratitude is something that flies under the radar for a lot of people, you know, and... That's a fact. Not, the, the lack of appreciation of the process 
I think it's something that jam people up also. I think if you can learn to appreciate the process and you, and you can always look back to where you once were, it's a value. I tell you, I tell students, I, and, the stu and my students are also adults at the college. I used to tell them all the time, like students used to be like, yo, when I get my degree, if I could get a job making 50 grand or this, that, I'm like, well, I said, if you get a they gonna start off like that. <laughs> I, said, yo, if you get, I said, if you get a job making 50 grand, you got a 50 grand lifestyle, then you're going to be like, Damn, if I can only make twenty thousand more, right? Seventy thousand. Damn, if I can make only make twenty, you know, high call. I'm like, you have to have some level of appreciation, and I think that you have to have ambition. You know, you could be ambitious if you keep moving the goalpost, though. Then sometimes it gets tricky. Like, allow yourself to to celebrate some level of success. You know, if you're a person who you you high call it, you aspire to make fifty grand, and you make fifty grand. You know, I'm not saying that you need to rest on your laurels and be like, yeah, I made 50 grand. I'll never need to make a dime again, right, right. whatever. But, yo, reflect and be like, damn, like, yo, once upon a time, I was happy with making 50 I was... grand. I wanted to make 50 grand. I made 50 grand. Right. You know, don't be right. like, damn, how come I'm not making 500,000? Because you ain't never, yo, you're never going to, you're never going to have happiness if you constantly, how you call it, move that bar. Right. Oh. Yo, we want to thank everybody for pulling up. Yes, you're absolutely correct. We do have to promote better. We had a meeting earlier today to talk about the podcast, and that was one of the things. That was one of the things, yeah, man. Yeah, we definitely got to promote better. You know, please feel free to share the podcast, um, subscribe on YouTube. Like yes, sir. The word out. We're going to be doing more of these on Instagram Live also. We also have a SoundCloud page for people who don't watch podcasts. Before, sure. I would never even watch a podcast. All the podcasts, my podcast interactions was listening. Um, you know, we have, <laughs> right. we have the Instagram. So, yeah, just 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 check us out. We try to have real conversations. Occasionally, we have interviews. Also, we've interviewed everybody from hip-hop folks like Drez, the Special Ed, to uh, who, who else we had, to Tragedy. Yeah. And we had Ron Fest, we had Master Ace, mm -hmm. we had um the bottom Trigger. right corner, there it looks like a plate paper plane or an arrow. All you gotta do is hit that, and then I guess like your friend list or searcher come up, and then you just send the link to whoever it is, or afterwards you can share it with people, you know, and just tell them like look, I watch a podcast, you know, and uh I, th I think it's dope content. You may want to check it out. I appreciate that. Yeah. And check and check out our catalog too, man. We got some lengthy some lengthy conversation with some great people you probably would have never imagined. Um, you know, and those conversations, a lot of them stick with me, man. Mm -hmm. A lot of them stick with me. We have some great conversations with some great people, man. So check the catalog out, man. Go to go to our YouTube page. Click on one through a hundred, man. We got a lot to be talked about, man. So have <laughs> fun on that, man. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Appreciate y'all. <laughs>